Cue music. Welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the SE Journey, where we like to bring on guests from the sales engineering field to talk about their journeys, um, how they discovered the sales engineering or pre-sales profession, why, you know, how, how their path got to this point and how they became this type of professional. Should I be taking notes? Is there going to be a test later? Yes. I think so. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, why it's the right type of career path for them and, and why it is for many of us and, and maybe for you as well. So my name is Chris Sprague and with me as always my co-host Zane Allen. And I'm Zane Allen and I love how you're staring at the mic just like you're talking at it. But, uh, <laughs> <I'm staring laughs> at as we are, you notice, if you're watching the video, not sure anybody is, we are live, live, first time ever Yeah, in person. I mean, we're always in person, usually in separate houses. And we're live on a, on a, should we say, an undisclosed location? We're not going to tell us I don't think you're where really we are. Live. I mean, you're still going to record it. <laughs> That's yeah. true. You're, 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 that's listening, true. you're listening to this now, not live. We're live. We're live. And that's the magic of tape. Every day of my life. That's true. This could be taped in the future and the past. Uh, but we are all in person in the same room. First time ever. Really excited about it. It's actually been a week of that. Uh, the three of us been together kind of. Visiting people in person and out in the field, yeah, I'm sick in the of office. So <laughs> sick, y'all, man. <laughs> yeah, so much that we we're ready. This on Monday, not Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> now we're gonna hurry up and get this done and roll out of here. But that's, right. but that's right. Yeah, so the uh, SE SE journey, and uh, really excited to do that. And we are joined. You probably heard the voice over there by one of our good colleagues and friends uh, that we uh, all. Tend to work at the same place. I guess it's kind of our theme, but um, but JD Wallace joins us this time. What's up? Only got the JD Wallace to join our podcast. You know what? I'm glad you said the because there's multiple JDs and there it gets is. very confusing. And so, you know, appreciate that that shout out. Yeah, another friend calling us. That's awesome. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Mute your phone, buddy. Come on. It, it is muted. Let's let's my... approach this with a little bit of professionalism. <laughs> that was vibration. This is like episode what six? Like yeah. I think you'd have this figured out by now. Wow, good call. You are, yeah. Wow, you episode know, six, except are, for that one we don't talk about. Uh, There's a couple Bruno episodes. episodes. Long time <laughs> the Bruno episodes. The Bruno episodes. Long time listener, first time uh, talker. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great and to in have person. You. It's great to be here on this nice, comfortable couch with you. <laughs> now you're uh, you're really big in the social media, so we figure after this episode is when we blow up. So uh, that's when Chris and I nearly have to nail it down and dedicate ourselves to what, getting what, other guests. Is that what is your <laughs> what is your idea of big in social media? Because I have like a thousand followers, which I don't know. I walked to a conference with you, and people say I saw you on Twitter. <laughs> And when they can quote the direct uh, tweet that they thought was the funniest, that's that's good enough. Yeah, most right. people gained or lost more followers than you had when uh, Elon bought Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay, perspective. Perspective. Yeah, so. <laughs> What's up? All right. So yeah, it's this journey, uh, as Chris said, where we uh, you know find out how we how people get into this journey, and I'm really nervous right now. You know why? It's been a while since you guys had an episode, and I'm trying to remember. I feel like at the end of the at the end of the episode, there's some like question you're going to ask me, yeah. and I've so I know that's coming. Yeah. 
but I've, get out of the way, but I've completely forgotten what it oh, is. That's even better. So is Zane. So it'll be pretty <laughs> random, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna figure it out as we go along here. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. Uh, well, I used to ask two, right? We used to give you a good one and a, and a way out. Okay. Hopefully, you don't take the way out, but. So I'm feeling. Well, that's a great point. We used to start off asking like what kind of gear you use, yep. you know, and technology and stuff because we were all at home in our own home offices. We were uh, but changing it every week. It we're like. in a room together. So, so yeah, so we are. Can you tell uh, me, what, what gear am I using today? <laughs> we really want to uh, talk about the setup in this room. So we're in, a, we're in a room that's full of AV equipment, yet we have uh, cables drug across the floor <laughs> here because we couldn't get it to work with our system. But um it's the same camera I use, so we already have that out of the way. I like the light. It makes me feel like I'm in a makeup commercial. Yeah, no, it's a ring light. It's really helping from up there, too. Um, got a message over there, Chris. And uh, this nice little portable USB mic that's only been used once for uh, tech, uh, for for an in, internal presentation I did at a, 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 for my company up here. So we'll see how it works in a room full of people. Uh, but normally, you got a pretty good setup at home, JD, so you could set up, you know, you do presentations and things. What, what are you using in the in the home studio? The thing you got to realize, though, is you know I, I I do collect a lot of different hobbies and nerd out about a lot of stuff. I, one of those things is not like AV tech, though. I've never I've never really gotten yeah. into AV tech, yeah. and so the 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 purchase decisions I've made during the pandemic to do all of the copious amounts of Zoom calls that we do, one hundred percent based on how cool something looks in my office. So I don't know if I don't know if it sounds good. Uh, let's see. I got a. Is this? Can I? Can I mention brand names or is yeah. it like no product placement? We got to make we sure do. you've got a. I think I just said road mic. Right? A road with I'm not sure it's road road, road mic. I'll do it. I'll start. Up. You know, I don't know that we'd get sued or anything. I, I feel like it's just free marketing. Well, you, you wait till the end of the podcast. And they may, maybe they'll. <laughs> yeah, knock on. Um, <laughs> if they sue us, we'd be lucky, right? I mean, somebody's listening. I did do a lot of upgrades during <laughs> during the pandemic, though. I got uh, I got a Yeti. Blue X, I think, my nice. the big arms when it comes down and dangles in my view of my camera so that I feel really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I got that, and that, that's cool. Uh, the cool, the best thing about that mic though is it comes with some software that lets you uh, make it sound like you're broadcasting in an old timey radio. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I got, I got one of those. Um, I did a lot of lighting. Actually, my, my setup is more about the stuff I have behind me. I would, like, like many people, I was doing virtual backgrounds for a long time, and I hate them. So eventually I was like, whatever, I'll just set up my office in a way that I might want to share with the world. So yeah. Yeah. I got, you know, I got a bunch of shelving units. Uh, thank you, Ikea. And <laughs> shout out, I <Ikea. laughs> And I just put various things about, you know, the nerdiness that is me, um, and, you know, kind of back there. I've got, I got some company stuff. I got lots of logos for, I think, Pure Storage is where I work. I yeah. think you all yeah. know that. Everybody knows. <laughs> um, so I got a bunch of cool logo stuff back there. I did this really cool thing where I've got these LED panels that kind of flash different colors. Um, just continued LED panels too, right? Oh yeah, just, yeah, 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 there yeah. yeah. So that's uh, no copy of me there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I got Lego. I got a bunch of Lego. Um, I've got uh, there's a, it's harder to see, but I've got a section of books on uh, fermenting things. Huh? Uh, yeah. Mostly beer. I guess a little sake book in there too. Um, a little variety. Yeah. I have, and this is one of my prized possessions, I have a vintage from the 1980s, not one of these remakes that are like too super tiny, 
but I have one of the original 1980s Illuma Storms. You know what this is? No. This is this is this is this ball, and you know the safety regulations weren't the same in the 80s, so I'm pretty sure I'm decreasing my lifespan every time I turn this thing on. But I've got this glass ball oh, that yeah. essentially there's a there's a, a yeah. stick that comes up out of the center I'm and you turn it on. Image. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sharper yes. image. Kind of thing, right? Yes. Mine came from Radio Shack. Yeah. No. Radio Shack was big. Just to hang out the sharp image because it was in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> you turn this thing on, it, zzz, it makes a weird noise. Yeah. Things smell like ozone, and and my mine is actually really cool because it's uh, you can put it where it's sound sensitive, so with the music or the talking. So that sits right next to my wireless access point in my office, which I feel like is probably a terrible decision, but you know. Different things. <laughs> I've actually never noticed that. I've seen your background a lot, but maybe I'm not staring beyond it. Yeah. We're going to have to edit in the background here in the video here. Yeah, just we'll to kind it, of bring we'll it in. Splash it up. That picture this. of you where you're... That's a little incentive to go watch this on YouTube. That's right. Um, yeah, we're, we're in a room. We're filming this as one big room, so we're, we're hoping maybe this will be the first video we really promote. We've actually videoed every one of these podcasts, uh, even in different houses. We just don't share it, I think. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we don't share. We're getting there. I don't know um, if you... Yeah, that's it. Oh, I got a big monitor because you do. I didn't want. I didn't want. I used to have dual monitors, and that was cool. Yeah, but it's messy. It takes up a lot of desk space. Yeah. So yeah, I just yeah. replaced it with one of those giant. I don't even know what I mean. One of those giant curved monitors, where essentially it's broken into like three pieces, and I put all kinds of stuff up. Um, uh, you know, ten out of ten would recommend. Would recommend. Okay. okay. And you have a pretty good home lab too. I got a dope home lab. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got. Oh gosh, here we go with dropping brand names again. I've got three three Intel books. Yeah. Um, I've got a Raspberry Pi. I don't really use that for much. I, I got it when so it's a it's a VMware home lab. So when ESX came out on ARM, I got the Pi yeah, to play around with that. I built a couple of VMs, whatever, don't do anything with it. But no, I've got the three I got the three Intel books already in ESX. <laughs> Um, I get my licenses through VMUG Advantage. Again, 10 out of 10 would recommend. VMUG Advantage. Advantage. Yep. yep. Um, you get cool licenses and stuff. Absolutely. Um, and uh, there's a discount code out there now. Uh, contact me if you want to hear it. Look at this plug. <laughs> <laughs> get your 10% off. Uh, let me know. Uh, the Microsoft licenses are harder because I still run a lot of Windows VMs, and I want to keep it all legal. And so I actually pay for... Yep a uh, Visual Studio Pro account, which is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, and that hurts my heart a little bit. But, but I do that. That's how I get my Windows Just do it once a year and then you forget about it. Until I got a time. blog post. I don't know. Can you like under the video yeah. you can put a link yeah, to? Yeah. I got a blog post. That out. This will all be in the show notes afterwards. There yeah. you go. I just yeah. set, a, uh, set a goal for us, a task. I even <laughs> priced it all out. Good call. Then I've got a. That's right. We all. I think uh, mine has a. I have a short. No, my my lab is more about what I built on my lab. But that's a that's a good blog post there. Share share what we're using at home. But you know, you bring up a good point though. So I got this home lab, and it's cool, and it's great that I've got the ability to build that. Um, I would say you haven't asked yet, but you know, recommendations. If you're into tech, you're trying to further your tech career. Like, get hands-on, man. And if that means building a home lab, build yeah. a home lab. If that means finding online resources, <clears throat> cloud resources, you know, whatever. I mean, that's the number one thing to kind of further your career. Is the day I started paying for AWS and Azure is the day I started really, like, like saying, you know what? It's the cost of being in this industry. Yeah. Get your hands-on. If you didn't get it from your uh, your career before, then you got to extend it. you got to get the resources. Yeah. 
Make friends, maybe you'll get some discounts. But uh, yeah. I don't. I don't blog a lot, but most of the blogs that I've written have been informed by something I built in my lab. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Hands on. Not Chris though. He's just book smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. I uh, yeah. I just like reading books. Yeah. That's not true. That's not true. Jay, that's very, very right. You get, you know, you get hands on, get in, get into the tech, figure it out. There's no better way to learn it. Well, in my opinion, I appreciate, it. I appreciate your validation. Yeah. Good validated. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. So I think, yeah. So, uh, let's get into, so we got that out of the way. Thanks for the share. No one's ever really given this their, their branding. That's actually something I keep bringing up on all these podcasts. I'd like to really get into branding. You don't have to do that today. Maybe that's a later episode. You want to come back and, and uh, meet us again, kind of, you know, how do you build your brand? And, yeah. you know, you kind of already gone into it, I think. With Let's see how this one goes for you. Yeah, no, I get it. We'll <laughs> see the numbers. You report back to me and we'll see if I'll re- renew. Uh, but, and you have actually been in the SC game longer than Chris and I. You've had Ooh, a few I, more careers. So I can tell you exactly how long. But why don't you let everybody know? I kind of like to walk it backwards, but you can tell the story as you want. But why don't you let everybody know what you're doing today? And uh, kind of what that is, and then maybe we can get into how you got there. Um, I work at Pure. You know Ooh, that because you storage. guys both do too. Uh, so yeah, this podcast is a little nepotistic from that perspective, I guess. It's kind um, of alluded to that in the beginning. We, we, we bring our friends on. so Yeah. Um, I work at Pure. I'm on uh, your team very yeah. directly, um, uh, Zane. So all the stories you've told about what you do, I do that same thing. That's true. So Have we done that, that was the easiest question you ever answered. Just that's I'm not sure that we've gone into that, but yeah. So we're so we're uh, we're well, we're principal technologists now, right? Yeah. But uh, it's kind of a kind of a different role than an SE, but not a different role. Maybe it's the best part of the SEs, I, in our opinion. But. I kind of I kind of talk about it this way. So I think there's different. One of the cool things about our team is that there's a lot of different personalities. Yeah. There's a lot of different approaches to the way we try to add value. None of them are wrong, but some of them are very different. Yep. Um, so my perspective might be a little bit different if you've worked with somebody like you know, Kyle Keller, Andrew Miller, some of the other folks on our team, they might have a different perspective. Uh, but my perspective is that it's kind of a mix of three different things. It's, it's about a third um, solution architect, right? So if you, a, lot of, a lot of organizations, we have SAs who are... Yeah. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Like so, uh, the, you know, SEs who maybe focus on a particular subspecialty, or who have some kind of extra level of experience, or or what have you. And I feel like this job is like a third that you know, coming into accounts opportunities and bringing some additional technical value to that conversation. So it's about it's a third that it's a third product or project management. Um, yeah. And maybe not necessarily direct PM, more like PM liaison, right? So yeah. project managers are out doing their job, you know, helping our products be better. And we're in the field a lot more often than they are. And so we interface a lot with that team to give them the voice of the field yeah. and the other way around to, yeah. you know, disseminate information about what they're working on to the field. And so making sure that there's a really robust uh, two-way communication. Field perspective to PM and PM perspective, yeah. you know, kind of what they're trying to get done, that that middle glue. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it's a good... Did you want to... the third one or are you going to interrupt me now? No, yeah. Go ahead, please. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I did say three, right? I did say three. If I don't, if I don't say the third one, I'll forget. I'm not really listening to you. So. <laughs> we get to the end of the podcast. Yeah. You have stopped talking. I will stop now. Anyway. Well, and then the third one, the third one is kind of tech evangelist, right? It's it's doing things like we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, coming. Yeah. You know, this this is a little more. You know, my personal story, I think, as opposed to my yeah. pure story, but it's a third that you know, telling stories in a very public way. You know, going to conferences. And speaking, you know, developing content, being on podcasts, representing the brand, yep. you know, so you, you kind of mix those three things together and shake it up. And I think that's my vision of what a principal technologist step here is. Yeah, oh, I, I would agree with that. So, yeah, so that more of a less of a individual contributor, but kind of a voice of the individual contributors across the board. Yeah. yeah. Chris, um, had a question. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> We're all friends here. If you can't tell, I might have got jumped there. Um I was going to say, regular, this is how our regular meetups go. To yeah, because, uh, <laughs> what you were explaining there, what, what I, I thought it was a good time to reiterate, we call this the SE journey as in sales engineer, mm-hmm. right? But I think we, maybe we said this on the first episode as well. Yeah. I wanted to reiterate, we said sales engineer could take many titles, right? Systems engineer, solutions architect. I think the, the real key glue here is we're all pre-sales in yeah. some fashion, yeah. Whether we've gone way up the ladder or we're just at the beginning of our career. Don't call me when it breaks. <laughs> Don't call me when it breaks, he says. <laughs> so we're all, it's all presets, that's right? Really so how this works. So <laughs> that, that, that's kind of just what I wanted to say. While our titles aren't sales engineer anymore, we're still, it's, we're still on that side of the fence. Yeah. Right? But very much part of a sales engineering organization. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, part yep. of the organization. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even, even Chris here, his architect <laughs> title. I'm, I'm lucky to do that. But actually, that's a new development. I don't think we've talked about this podcast. Chris, I think we've mentioned you're an FSA before, Field Solutions Architect. Um, if we haven't, Chris is a Field Solutions Architect. We're now all on the same team. Yeah? So we're even talking even more nowadays. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of a great thing. Anyway, that's more of an internal thing. But kind of more of an extension of the same team. It's kind of doing the same thing from different angles, I guess, right? Yeah. A different focus than us. So that's yeah. that's been pretty cool. Synergy. Synergy, right? Because we can't all be everywhere at once, or can we? Um, but, but but before that, JD, I think you, you told me the three things, so we're good. Questions out of the way. All right, I'm going to move on. Um, you were an individual contributor, am I wrong? So, I'm still an individual contributor. I don't have direct managers, or I don't manage people. Reports. Still nice. Oh, that's true. I guess I think of, uh, I'm sorry, but more of a customer-facing yeah. and Territory individual direct account ownership. There we go. We'll yeah. go with that term. That is a better term. Thank you. That yeah, was, no, you got the term. So pr- prior to this, I was a system engineer, sales engineer. There's a lot of different terms that mean kind of represent the same thing um, for a variety of companies. Yeah. Uh, Veeam, most recently before coming to Pure, which was cool because that was that was a little bit of a shift for me. Right. I had uh, I started my career very storage centric. And built my career that way, and, and you know the earliest opportunities that I had as a sales engineer were all very storage hardware focus. Um, and, and Veeam was a little bit of a shift. It was a fun one though because you know Veeam will tell you you know they're the number one storage provider in the world, right? Okay, you got to read into that. It's because of how much data, <laughs> they how much Veeam data they store and manage. And, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. cool. So, but but the point is that they're very closely aligned with storage there, there's you know yeah it's it's protecting data if, right. and that's really what we talk about in the storage community is yeah. data data services data yeah. protection you know all the different things that you need to do the stack yeah, yeah. exactly yeah when we were at Veeam we didn't 
we never didn't sell something that included storage. Yeah. It, it was part of the solution for sure. Yeah. So that, that was, you know, I, it was a way that I kind of rounded my experience and my career a little bit. So I was, I was really glad to have that opportunity. Yeah. And then before that, you know, a couple of storage startups, one of them got acquired by uh, Western Digital, mm-hmm. uh, one Which of the largest star- storage manufacturers in the world. Um, that was a fun ride. Um, Which again got acquired by somebody else. Yeah. Not Western Digital, but yeah, it's a brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So storage through SE, well, maybe each one just kind of leveling up it as an SE as you went up, or maybe taking on greater accounts or. Any growth there? Um, you know, so I guess the core of your question is, how and why did I transition between each job? Yeah, is that yeah, yeah. I was figuring a transition. Yeah, yeah. Why did you transition? That's a good point. If it's just because you didn't like the company, I guess, then we're, we'll end the conversation. But no, so so always looking for something more. You know how you got to be. Well, let me let me answer your question by not answering it for a minute and taking a step back. So one of the things that I really believe and, and when I'm mentoring others I tell them is uh, have a plan know what you want you know think about that plan but don't let that plan <clears throat> define your career what I mean is like that always be open to opportunities that present themselves if an opportunity presents itself that doesn't fit in with your plan but is something you're interested in doing yeah. maybe even something you're a little scared to do and something that you think could provide value, adjust your plan so that you can say yes to that opportunity. And I think if you look over the different shifts I've had in my career, there's been a lot of that. Now, you know, maybe I'll, you're kind of working me backwards, but it's going to be easier for me to tell the story start yeah. at the beginning. I, it's your story. Um, you know, gosh, I'll go all the way back to um, college. So I started uh, at the University of Arkansas as a chemical engineer. Yeah. Because I love chemistry. I thought that was a lot of fun. Coca-Cola, Coke Zero now, so. There you go. Um, <laughs> thought that was a lot of fun, and, and it was. But, you know, I also had to pay the bills. I was going down, I remember, I was freshman year, I was going down to do my laundry in the, the laundry at the, the residence hall. Um, and there was a sign on the door said, uh, I didn't have a job at the time. Sign on the door said, good with computers, need money. And we're like, well, yeah, both of those things. So yeah. I grabbed one of the numbers <laughs> yeah. and yes. you know, I made a phone call and I ended up, so the housing department at the University of Arkansas yeah. um, had, it's, it was big enough that it had its own IT department, mainly because it had computer labs in every residence hall. This was, this was still earlier days before everyone had a computer. We were, we were kind of in that transition. Yeah. yeah. And actually while I maybe was, a few people had computers, while I was at the university, we kind of transitioned away from the labs because we got to the point where more and more people yeah. had their own computer, yeah. but we were still kind of in that transition period. And so managing our computer, our own computers had a very, very small, I even hesitate to use the term data center because <laughs> it was like one rack, but, uh, but you know, had a data center, had yeah. uh, eventually had uh, in-room networking. So, you know, Ethernet through all the residence halls and all the management that came along with that. So there was enough of computer and IT infrastructure that housing department had its own kind of IT. Yeah. And it was in a really... I don't know how much of this... I'm getting, I'm getting kind of into the history of the University of Arkansas now, but um, it was in... a there were a lot of transitions happening. I already mentioned the transitions from students not bringing computers to students bringing computers. It was also a transition from um, from 
a leadership perspective. So the director of housing, the director of IT at housing, brand new, yeah. just starting in that role, had history working for the department, but brand new in that role and really wanted to build out that organization. And I guess where I'm kind of going with all this was as I, I took, I took this job starting as a lab manager, Yeah, really in, in between classes, I would go to the labs and I would fix busted lab computers. Yeah. That was cool. it. Right. Pull yeah. cables or whatever. Exactly. Plug things in, unplug things. Yeah. And, but be, that, what that opportunity presented to me was I was essentially the first new hire for this new director uh, of IT. Right. And I had the opportunity to essentially build the program with him. With him, yeah. And that opportunity really made me realize that I wanted to shift my plans. I was going to be a computer, I'm sorry, a chemical engineer. Yeah. Really decided computers wasn't just a job. It was something I was really passionate about and ultimately shifted my degree. Now I graduated computer science degree. Yeah. um, And, you know, really kind of kickstarted my career you know, as a student employee in the housing department, doing a lot of cool stuff. It, it, it evolved. I mean, we can get sure, but it, it evolved. Sure, sure. From, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It evolved from lab management to eventually, by the by the time I graduated, I actually I was a manager. I had, I had uh, two different teams that reported to me. I had one team that was other student staff that that managed the residents. Um, uh, computer labs. Yeah, we had started to build out automation to to better manage those, so it wasn't just you know like. Like when I started going around and yeah. manually re-imaging put that disc in. We put some automation yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and then I had another team that was managing all, all of the in-room network access mm-hmm. uh, because we had, I mean, again, this was still earlier days of network connectivity. Some some people were still using dial-up. We had all these students bringing um, computers to school, yeah. plugging them into the network port in their residence hall, and nothing worked. and okay, we've got to send somebody out to go help them get that online. And so online, like, the service that we yeah. provided. Yeah. yeah. So way well before Wi-Fi was so prevalent, right? Yeah. So I'm going to hone in on something. That's where I ask questions. I don't know if you're ready. I don't yeah. want to throw you off, but you said something interesting earlier. Uh-oh. And maybe this was just your recommendation to the audience, but I, I, I identify with this. Maybe even something that scares you yeah. should turn your job. So yeah. any of that, uh, as you kind of went up, was it, was it happening so fast or? Did each opportunity kind of make you take pause, and that's why you took it? I'm just curious, like, um, exploring that a little bit from a because I I I read, I I, uh, I identify with that, right? If it does scare you, it might be the best thing that you should go do, right? It's, it's going to change you. Yes. Yeah. However, I think the to illustrate the point to answer your question better, I think it is important to fast forward just a little bit. There were two things I did earlier in my early in my career, leading into being a sales engineer that scared the, the crap out of me. Yeah. The first one was, so I, I'm at the university now. I met my wife there. We got married. And so that was the first one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Total confidence. <laughs> Best decision I ever made in my whole nice, life. Nice. Nice. Um, you, you did that one. Well. She's amazing. Uh, but we decided that we didn't want to live in Arkansas anymore. We wanted to move. Um, and Narrowed it down to Seattle. So we both quit our jobs and got a six-month lease on an apartment, sight unseen, yeah. loaded up the car. Just tied it into the Seattle, you owned it and said, let's go. And neither of us had a job. Wow. 
Now, this was pre the big uh, the big economic downturn of what two thousand eight. Eight. Yeah. This was before that. I think it would have been a lot harder to do that kind of post that period. But um, yeah, so we can, and I was terrified. I didn't have a yeah. job. I had a very expensive apartment in Seattle because yeah. they're all expensive. Yeah. Um, meeting an apartment in Seattle. Got it. Yeah. And, so, and you were in Seattle too, right? I mean, you were in the city. So yeah. So yeah. 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 So I remember applying somehow, and maybe it's just because to someone who grew up in Arkansas, when you think about tech in Seattle at the time, the number one name that came to mind was Microsoft. Yeah. Right. And so it was probably driven mostly by that kind of that name you knew exactly yeah, yeah. but but i applied at a ton of different uh, places but i specifically honed in on microsoft and i had a little bit of strategy i would I, I was literally applying for dozens of jobs across the company i would basically anything that matched kind of the yeah. system engineer persona and i basically kind of broke it into two categories i can't write a custom resume and cover letter for every single one of these, there's just too many. Yeah. So I kind of have my tier one and my tier two. Yeah. My tier two jobs, I just kind of generic application. My tier one, the custom, one that I custom those. Realized, yeah. like, oh man, this was yeah. really yeah. Yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, Change the words to match. Yeah, I kind of tuned yeah. it a little bit <laughs> in the job opening. And it's a good tip, by the way, for those listening. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 I wish I knew. I wish I had a record of exactly how many jobs I applied for at Microsoft. I bet it was over a hundred. Um, but eventually after three months, I landed a full-time gig at Microsoft. This was not pre-sales yet. This was still yeah, internal IT. IT, IT stuff, right? Yeah. I was a, I was a lab guy at Microsoft, which was a ton it's of funny. fun. So you're doing the, you're doing the, uh, residence lab. <laughs> it's like you're right back to kind of that. I'm sure it's a different that. level, but you know, kind of start. Well, I got a, and I got a, I got a, it's not really a joke, but I got a question for you. Yeah. So what do you think? One of the very first things that I was tasked with as a brand new <laughs> sysadmin on this team at Microsoft. What was it? What? Backups. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're bringing it back. Yeah, we could have all done that. I go back to my career, and I finally did that when I was leaving Beam. I'm like, every job I was the backup guy, so that's what the new guy always gets. That's always the new guy. So just take it. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we can come back to that. So let's get backups back to your question. Like USB thumb drives back then? What were you doing? A little, a little Windows? It's all Windows backups, right? It's all Windows server backups. All tape. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Um... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Maybe the people at Microsoft are listening, but I'm still not sure that I managed all those tapes properly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Tapes with barcodes. And I don't know. I, I'll, I'll admit, I would forget. I don't do their company anymore. I didn't. <laughs> Boxes would show up. They'd be like, here's your tapes back. I'm like, something needs to be outside. These didn't work. Just take that one back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it. I was like, I don't know what else Leave to do. In. Leave it in. I mean, if you can wait around five hours, I'll get a new fridge. We'll get you tomorrow. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked what scared me. That was one. Yeah. Know, taking no, that. that's a big leap. The yeah. move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, worked out, though. Uh, I think the yeah. second thing. It's calculated risk, maybe. Maybe a way to say it, but, yeah. but, but risk nonetheless. The second big move that I made that scared the crap out of me, very relevant to your podcast, I think, because it's how I became an SE. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm working at Microsoft now. Fast forward a couple of years. Um, I had managed to uh, become the primary engineer responsible for storage. You know, there's common thread there. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of petabytes that I managed, Ooh. which today, you know, we can, we can do that. A big and, number. And, uh, it's nothing, right? Like but early mid-aughts, huh? Back then, that was multiple, 
racks of gear spread across multiple labs and multiple buildings. You know, it was, it was quite a bit of yeah, I mean, What was the size of each hard drive? It had to be huge. And some that were like, what, 30, what, 36 gigs, 72 probably, probably gigs? There. Yeah, so, still, it's yeah, a lot of disk. Like a lot of disk. Yeah. You don't do disk anymore, but yeah. But, um, so I, I managed, uh, managed a lot of storage. Um, and through the course of that part of my career, I got to know all of the sales teams for the vendors that, that I, I had in my labs. Right. So, right. you know, I, I really got to know those folks. They were, they were good at their job. And so they were keeping touch points with me and making sure that I had what I needed to be successful yeah. with using their products. Yeah. And ultimately I would, you know, tell the organization to buy more of their products. Maybe, maybe taking you to lunch. Not that that's taking, you know, lunches, all that yeah. good stuff. Um, and, uh, the sales engineer I worked with, uh, took a different role, which made an opening for the sales engineer for the storage company. I'll go ahead and name the name because we're talking about my crew. Ziotech mm -hmm. uh, was okay. a storage vendor that I used. Um, and the, the sales engineer who worked solely dedicated to Microsoft moved to another team, which had an opening there and recommended me to fill that role. And awesome. I'm, I'm kind of known as being a little bit obnoxious, maybe outgoing, talkative, chatty, confident. Um, that wasn't the case pre-becoming an SE. Yeah, okay. And so, so just, and I'm, I'm, Joe I'm gonna talk JD. about this because I think this is really yeah, relevant to JD. your listeners is I was absolutely scared to death to become an SE. But did you ever think about I would like to be an SE before that moment? No. Or did that that was like, oh there's a thought about this. Here's an opportunity, opportunity that okay. it presented All itself. Right. So it wasn't something you were and I thought about it and I said, wow, this is this is an opportunity to do a lot of things that I think I would like to do, travel a little bit, mm -hmm. um, get to work on a diverse set of, of opportunities. One of the things I love the most about sales is every week new project, Yeah. right? As opposed to, you know, I was enjoying what I was doing at Microsoft, but it was a lot of the same stuff yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Owning the network, is, but it's within those walls, yeah, sales within those racks. You get to work yeah. with somebody on a project, yeah. deliver the project, and then move on and go find the next area where you can be effective. So there were a lot of things, you know, that were really fun, but I was scared to death to get up in front of a large audience, especially at Microsoft, my only customer, Microsoft, uh, very, very, company very you're familiar smart with. people. Company you're even familiar with, right? You're yeah. Still, yeah, you still have that fear. Yeah. Incredibly smart people get up in front of them and yeah. talk about, uh, you know, something knowing that I was not the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Now, would you? That's an important. I I believe that's actually a good skill to know you're not the most important person in the world because it gives you some humility. But anyway, I sorry, yeah, so you really there, but exactly. That's right. not necessarily a bad thing, but I get yeah the fear though before you really get through that is is, is it can be overwhelming. Sure, probably at least for the first six months that I was an SE. Yeah. Every time I had to present, I got sick to my stomach, hmm? like like just terrified. Yeah. Um, but I powered through and, you know, I, I kind of, you build those skills. You don't just, yeah. you don't just have them yeah. built that skill. I, I did the thing that was scary. I went out there, built my knowledge that I'd be more comfortable presenting 
And, you know, you do it a few times and you find out, you know what? At the end of this meeting, the world's going to keep spinning. Yeah. I'm going to go on to the next opportunity. People are going to ask some questions. I'm going to know the answer to some of them. I'm not going to know the answer to some of them. That's okay. Next time you're going to know that answer. And exactly. And so. And they're only retaining some parts of it anyway. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, there was a, a, an extreme period of nervousness for me. But once I, but I stuck with it. And now, as I look back, it is one of, after meeting and marrying Angela. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is established. Um, one of the best things that I ever did in my career um, was to say yes to that opportunity and go do the scary thing, which comes back around to your question. Did, yeah. did you ever, I had this when I first got in and um, people would ask me, well, how's your job? I'm like, you know what? Even when I have a, I'm going to say a tough day, but you have those days where like, I didn't know a thing. That meeting could have gone better. Yeah. Still looked back on what I did before. And I was like, yeah, this is a hundred percent more what I'd rather do. So. You know, I wouldn't say the best day here is better than the or worst day here is better than the best day there, but yeah, but this is propelling me towards the thing that I really like to do, so it's worth it, right? And, and I'll tell you a little secret: you're you're never going to one hundred percent get past that. What I mean yeah. is, even today, I'm what five five six jobs in principal technology. What are you nine years, ten years in? I yeah, I I have, I, I can think of even. Less than a year ago, maybe about a year ago, a meeting that I took where I presented for Pure in this role, and I bombed it. I completely, I, I, I had a bunch of technology issues. I couldn't get into the meeting. I was late. My computer was acting up. I didn't have a good uh, grasp of what I was expected to deliver on the call. Yeah. So I prepared the wrong thing. I was so shooken up by all the technology issues and the fact that my presentation, my presentation yeah. wasn't aligned, that then I was nervous and I gave bad delivery. Why do I tell you that? To tell you, to remind you it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. even folks who have come as far as, as we have in this job, uh, uh, in this role, you know, still have bad days and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I, I think that having a grasp of what you're supposed to deliver, maybe that's more important now. I, and I, when you're kind of used to like at VMAs yeah. are five and a half years, I'm like, yeah, I know what they want me to say, yeah. but, but yeah, yeah, that's a big thing, but it's going to happen and it's going to be almost take you back to those beginnings. Like, Oh yeah, I remember stumbling through this and I'm going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a great yeah. story. It actually goes back to a comment you made like way towards the beginning. You said be, be open to opportunities yeah. that even you're not looking for. And I was going to say at the time, I have never regretted. I've never regretted stepping out of my comfort zone and doing something that I thought that I would be scared of, but I have regretted not stepping mm. out of my yeah. comfort zone and gone, well, what could have been, yeah. you know, because yeah. the best things in my career happened when I, like you said, I was scary, but I took that job or took the opportunity and, and that's how you learn and grow. You know? Yeah. So, Modify the plan. I like that. I I I, uh, I tend to set. I mean, I probably I've told you guys this a thousand times probably, but I tend to set these lo- yeah, goals. Like I want to be this, but yeah, don't be afraid to deviate along the path because it's going to make you take the actions to get to the place you want to get to anyway. Even though you might not make that 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 ultimate goal, but you got to have a have a plan, a direction. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Now there there's something that's equally as important that goes along with being open to opportunities. The, the other side of that coin is making sure to put yourself in lots of situations where you are likely to be presented opportunities. There you go. Yeah. Right? 
That's so the plan you should have. Is say, put yourself there. say yes yeah. to the networking opportunity. Yeah. Go to that community event. Go say hello to the person that just delivered that presentation that you watched, that you yeah. enjoyed. It's, 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 you have to have the mindset and the preparedness to recognize and accept the opportunity when it's presented. But you also have to put yourself in a situation where you're more likely to be presented with those opportunities, right? Yeah. It's kind of a, come, so two things go together. Yeah. Those opportunities aren't going to come to your house necessarily. Well, maybe on Zoom they are, but yeah. yeah. Without, yeah. Without, you go, without you logging into that Zoom, they're not coming to your house. That's great because I, that seems to be a re, reoccurring theme on, on this podcast, yeah. right? Um, say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Take opportunities, right? I like, JD, what you just said, though. It seems like on previous episodes, while that's been a reoccurring theme, it's always been about... I'm in IT, I'm going to say yes to the next job or taking on additional duties as assigned. Yeah. Right. But you just took it beyond that even. Yeah. Right. Like go say hi to that presenter, go talk to people you're not even familiar with. Right. Say, say yes to doing something with them. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. I like yeah. how you broadened that thought. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I know this is the SE journey and, and, and your focus is people coming into this role, but I'd like to take just a minute if you'll, if you'll give me the leeway. And I would like to talk a little bit about what I think folks who are kind of further down the journey. I, I think the journey. journey doesn't end, man. So yeah, yeah I think that's the kind of the point you have this role and you've mm -hmm. had all sorts of roles. So, yeah. So, so if you're yeah. young in this journey, if you're early in this journey, all of those things I just said, if you're further along in this journey, like, like the three of us are, if you're more mature in the role and you, you've been presented those opportunities and yep. your career has benefited from them. One of the things that I try to do, I think I could do a lot better and I want to do a lot better. Sure. One of the things that I want to do is I want to take that experience and try to bring it to folks who are starting out who don't, don't have the same opportunities because what I just told you a minute ago was put yourself in that situation. Yeah. There are certain People who, through the nature of their upbringing, their how much money they have, the their uh, ethnicity, um, where they grew up, all of these different characteristics may not have had as many opportunities yeah. put in front of them as you know a white dude like me has. Right, and so I think it's I think it's on us to recognize that first and to take action by going to seek out mm -hmm. folks who may be really great for our SE community, but don't have those opportunities and, and help yeah. them find those opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Invite them to the networking event that you're going to. Yeah. Invite them to point. a panel yeah. that, that people are, that you might be on, right? Um, insisting that when you're invited to a panel, that it is a panel that has diverse speakers. If, if I'm going to participate, I want to make sure that there is a diversity of speakers with me, right? Yeah. Making sure that they have that. Those are the kind of yes. things we can do to those broaden. Are, and those are really better panels anyway, right? Yeah. That's different points different of view. Different perspectives. Actually make mm -hmm. it yeah, a lot better. So, so that's, I think that's yeah, a way we can. It's really about that. We can. Okay. You know, yeah. So uh, shout out to those listening that are actually doing this. Hey, this is how we can give back and give back in a, in a really mentoring really proper you know? way. Yeah. Well, that's, mentoring. that's a great point. I mean, and that's some of what this podcast is meant to be. And I think you just said it great. So if 
and we're all here too, right? So if anybody's out there going, hey, I wonder if this would be right or I need someone in the industry to talk to, reach out to us. That's what yeah. we're here for. And this and podcast really in my mind just to kind of go back in that. So that's why that's great is I don't think we know how you get to this SE journey. We got here and we're, we're trying to examine these little things like, hey, how did you get here? What are the things that uh, got you? And we can definitely share a lot, but it's through the telling these stories and, and then going out and reaching out to those that don't have the opportunities or want to get into and having to uh, externalize and tell them like, oh, well, this is how I got here. And really, truly, I mean, I, I take that back to when I used to teach college. I have I liked it because I had to understand the subject in a way to convey it, mm -hmm. which means I fully understand it too. So, you know, it's, it's a two-way thing. You're really earning. I mean, it's one of the biggest things you can do, right, to, to, to mentor. So I think, or maybe I just wanted it and I didn't have it early in my career. I want to make sure others have it. I don't know. That The, the uh, learn, do, teach. Learn, do, teach. There that you go. method has always worked very well for me. I think, I think you... Yeah, when you have to teach somebody else, yeah. you really internalize. Okay, what is happening, and what what do I have to, you know? And it goes back to not being scared and having those meetings because I might make that delivery. Like, well, why didn't that land? Oh, I can make this a little smoother. I can take that part out. That just takes them down a, a road they don't need to understand. So yeah, All right. It, it's definitely a journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that got us to Zyotech, Got you through the storage. I guess storage kind of was uh, all the same. Or not all the same, but it was that same journey. And then, okay, did we did we cover the entire? Uh, I mean, you know, the relevant points. Uh, Zyotech storage startup startups yeah. are fun. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, if you want to give a second on startups, I've never been in a startup. Chris, I don't think, believe you've ever been in a startup. So no, I, I not unless you places can, you did. So I, <laughs> not unless you consider state government a startup. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. that's like one. <laughs> um, any uh, yeah, preference sure that. yeah that would actually probably be a good little perspective we haven't had that yet preference on startup versus like do you like them do you not like them what oh, are they yeah. about are they uh, a man's game you know that kind of thing whatever, whatever. I mean, very different, different right and, and I, I've kind of run the game but I've, I've, I've worked for the startup a couple startups I've worked for some of the largest companies in the world Microsoft yep. um, you know they, they bring different things to the table right Microsoft tremendous stability um, tons of benefits, yeah. um, you know, lots of opportunity to make lateral moves to the organization and try different uh, career paths, try different, you know, kind of things. Um, probably the most important thing, I don't know if my mom will listen to this, but um, probably the most important thing <laughs> is tell when, <laughs> I'm making a joke, <laughs> but, um, my, when I moved to Seattle and I got the job at Microsoft, my mom was so proud she could tell her friend, oh. my son works at Microsoft, and everybody knew who that was. Yeah, every time they picked up a XP box, they're like, oh, he does this. And so then I went to work for a startup that almost nobody had heard of. <laughs> so my mom had to say, hey, my son used to work at Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? So, uh, so there's that. It's that, that, that brand recognition so your parents can, um, can be really proud of you. That's funny. I've had many conversations <laughs> when I changed jobs when I came to Pier. I'm like, so I'm – do you know what I do, mom? Because, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, 40-year-old man. And I'm like, do you, do you know what your son does? I, I think I do. And I'm like, all right, well. Fix computers, right? That's exactly what I think my kids think I do. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. So, yeah. I, yeah, anyway. But they're proud of us anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. You can afford your house. You're not asking me for money. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so the big company, lots of, lots of advantages there. Um, 
I will say that it's a lot harder in a big company to stand out. Yeah, I mean, sure. there are certainly opportunities to do that, but it's harder, right? Small You're, fish, big pond. Yeah, you fish know. really big pond, whatever. Uh, let's yeah. see. Um, when I started, um, um, why can't I think of his name? I'm having one of those moments. You'll edit this out, right? Uh, founder of Microsoft. So, Palm, Palmer? No. Or, oh, Bill Gates himself. Bill Gates. Thank Mr. you. Gates. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Co-chair of the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I don't. I, I was having a moment there. Um, <laughs> I, I started when I started when when Bill was CEO. Uh, eventually, yeah. Balmer became CEO. Yeah. Never knew my name. Sure. Promised neither of those individuals have any idea who Jamie yeah. Wallace is. Yeah. Right? Time you met him, he gave him a different name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never. I never met Bill. Actually, I never met either of them, but I did. One day I was going to get my morning Starbucks and I saw Balmer coming out of the Starbucks. Um, I didn't, didn't introduce myself. I, I let that opportunity pass me by. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so that's kind of the downfall of a, of a large company. Yeah. Okay. You have, it's, it's harder to be globally impactful. Let's say that. If, if you want to yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Small stability, but yeah, global yeah. compact. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Small company. Uh, every small, every startup that I've worked for, first name basis with CEO. Yeah, you know everybody knows. Who you might are. even just have a first name email because there's not enough people there, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. You have, you know, the the risk is small companies, startups could go out of business at any point. Yeah. So there's definitely less stability. Yeah. Um, generally, fewer benefits. Uh, if you know, the, there is upside if 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 the company blows up, gets big. Yep. Um, you certainly a lot, a lot of times have the opportunity to share in that equity. And so that can be a big benefit, but those are, those are few and far between, right? Yeah, that's not, yeah. And, but I think the most, the most value that I got out of working for a startup was the ability to be impactful. There's, there's fewer people there. There's a lot of jobs that need to be done. And if you're willing to go out find something that needs to be done and do it. Yeah. It, there's a lot of opportunity for you to build your personal brand, to build your resume, yeah. your career, um, all of those kind of skills. Yeah. yeah. It, so yeah, let's define roles is what I always figured, right? Cause like you might have to do a myriad of things. Maybe it's like the technical role, but you might be marketing as well as the mm -hmm. SE, right? And you might even be sporting people, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on yeah, what the company looks like. A lot more work. A lot more upside. Yeah, so that's really what you want to do. Okay. I think that's a good perspective for those of, that, that don't know. Again, I have never worked at a startup. It was Chris, except for the government, apparently. And um, I've never gotten rich working at a startup. So how about that? There is those. You hear those stories. <laughs> so it's I'm not going to compare like a big company, small company, like the major leagues. But, you know, only the small, small percentages get in the NFL, right? Yeah. Most people. You know, don't so uh, yeah. yeah. I, gonna... I did work at a dot com that was like just came out in the dot com area. Really? No. But it, it yeah, I wouldn't really call it a, a, a startup. Uh, I mean, it's a bubble. <laughs> it was a bubble. <laughs> it came and went, right? Um, and, and it was like it was dot honestly... com is an internet uh, site for those that are younger, maybe. But uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, web one point oh, web yeah. one point oh company. <laughs> the dot the dot com bubble, yeah. So and it, but it was just it was so small, it wasn't. Um, yeah, we were doing digital a media small stuff. company feel. And there was like yeah. six of us total that actually did all the jobs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like programming and, and uh, digital editing, and, and then you know you had a few leaders. Yeah. But. 
strategic perspective. I've worked for big companies, small companies, you never start up. Okay. Well, that's a good perspective. I like that. Yeah. Kind of rounded out there. Um, yeah. Anything else to add on that before I ask you this question I usually ask, which Chris might be right. I might not remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hey, you want to share with the group? I mean, it's really more about, uh, you know, sharing your story and what you think is helpful or. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you've been great about yeah. pointing out. Think well, you got it all good to the listeners but if there's anything else you're thinking of or any more of the journey yeah I, you know i can man i can talk all day um i think okay trying to bring it back to someone who may be considering or trying to get into yeah. this career um one of the things that i'll point out i'm not sure if any of your previous um guests have done this but uh you will in almost all certainty work very closely with an account rep and yeah. They, they have a lot of names too, account rep, account executive, AE, yeah. territory manager, whatever, whatever you know, there. Lots of different names. The sales guy, person. So the sales thing person. that I will prepare you for is that is a very, very, very close partnership. Yep. You will work more closely with that person yep. than you have worked with anybody in your career. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things that come with that, right? So first of all, as you can imagine, when you're preparing to take a role as an SE, personality fit with the rep that you're going to be working with yeah. is something that you should take very yeah. seriously in that interview process. You should absolutely insist on meeting with that person as part of your interview loops. I, I would advocate actually I'll tell you a story. So when um, my original rep that I worked with at Ziotech uh, moved on and I, we were hiring a, a new rep to come in, uh, AE, and I actually asked to, well, first of all, the hiring manager, the district manager was kind enough to let me be involved in that process. Ask for that. Yeah. If you find yourself in that situation. Yeah. Ask to be a part of that process. Put yourself in that opportunity. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but we were interviewing a few different candidates and there was one candidate that I just, I really thought would be good, but I, I, I didn't know what the personality fit was going to be. And I, and I told the hiring manager this and I said, you know what I'd like to do with your permission? I'd like to just invite the guy out for a beer. And I did. And I went and I actually, I drove, I'm, I'm in Seattle, drove all the way down to Portland Wow. And I met this candidate for a beer. We ended up talking for two hours, really hit it off. And that ended up, so that guy's name, Chad Cohenson. Mr. Cohenson. Go ahead and name drop. Just um, That was, I'm so glad that I spent the time yeah. to make sure that that was yeah. going to be a good personality fit. And it was so good, in fact, that Chad and I, actually worked together all the way through the rest of my career until I joined Pure. And at Pure, I'm not paired up with a rep. So, yeah. you know, we, we did eventually uh, kind of go our separate ways in terms of our careers, but still very good friends, still talk regularly. But um, I can't emphasize enough the importance of making sure that that's a good fit. Someone told me that a while, a while ago, and I liked it, like, when you're comparing yourself with a rep, is this the rep you would leave for another company with? Like, well, you would say one or the other, like, Hey, let's go. Or they have an opportunity and they want you to go with them. 
Yeah, is it that team? And and even up here, the teams we cover, the good ones, a lot of them have been at multiple companies, and, you, and it shows. Yeah. yeah. And you're more successful. And right? I hate to say it's like a, you got to like almost court like you're dating or it's like a marriage, but it's it's that kind of a strength, a straight relationship you got to have. It's a partnership for sure. Yeah. And if you can't have mutual trust and mutual respect, then well, and the, the stronger, personalities will fit. Yeah. The stronger that relationship is, I think the more successful you'll be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Because it's someone you you enjoy, you know, yeah. going, going after these opportunities with. You might be on the and, road with or travel with. Well, and you also, I mean, look, with, with anybody like that that you become – really good friends with you spend enough time with them you kind of develop this kind of develop this sixth sense almost yeah. where you know chad and i would go into first calls you know first call new customer never talked to before no idea what kind of personality we're getting involved with and without having a direct conversation he and i could pick up on the customer's personality know pretty quickly which of the two of us that customer was it was more likely to yeah. relate to. One steps up, the other fades out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, That's awesome. And dynamically in yeah. the meeting, you know, the the for example, let's say, you know, somebody who was super into, you know, Lego and Star Wars and nerdy stuff like that and brewing beer, you know, you know, I would kind of you know step forward and that, you know, I'd kind of lead the conversation and Chevy Chad out. would kind of play a, yeah. a, a supplementary role. Well, not yeah. supplementary, but a, but a you know, a support role, right? Mm-hmm. Conversely, someone who's super into sports and, you know, had a kid his age and all, you know, all, all those other things, um, into music, Chad was really, really into, yeah. uh, is really, really into music. And so, you know, some customers just naturally gravitated towards one of the other personality. And we, we didn't lock ourselves into yeah. I do a, this, you do that. So. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm the AE. I always take this role. You're the SE. You always take this role. We allowed ourselves to kind of dynamically shift who led an opportunity based on who had the best relationship by reading the room. By reading the room, yeah. and you develop and you develop that. People buy from people, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they they want to work with people that they like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's that's great. Well, that's great advice. Sales one, we haven't actually explored that yet. That yeah, I was going to say, that's great because in IT, I mean, one, you know, I never wanted to be in sales and didn't know what the engineering side of sales was. So I never thought about when I was starting to come in here, what you just explained, right? Like you're going to have a relationship closer than you, you know, a work relationship than you probably ever have. Some right? weeks I saw Chad more than my wife. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not a huge team, right? In, in, in IT and IT shops. I, you know, had teams of groups. We worked really close, but this is much more just a kind of one-on-one five relationship. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a great point. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Relationship with your AE. Okay. I feel like I didn't come up with any fun stories. We can tell a fun story. Well, so the question I usually ask everybody when oh, okay. I get into that, it's usually, I have two. Maybe Chris can remember my other one because there is an out question. I think it's supposed to be your best. We usually tie this to oh. IT Usually by this point, we're talking about the IT and the career, so like kind of your best moment. But I like to ask what you think your worst moment, your biggest mistake, be it an outage, your biggest uh, flunder. It could just be your best story in IT. Did but, you ever uh, trip over a power whip and take yeah. out that one rack data center? Yeah. You know? I mean, we've had people <laughs> update, uh, people like update a UCS, maybe that was yours, update a config file that just took everything offline. Like at any point in my career or specifically as an SC? Just any point usually ends up being in the IT realm, but... But usually drags out an interesting story, so it's giving you a, just a chance to tell yours. 
Oh, worst. <laughs> um, I think, you know, humility, they're the funnest. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if this is cheating, but I can tell you a story about somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> cheating. Uh, it's, it's funny, though. <laughs> so, shit is only, man. That's first. There's a tip for you. If you're an SE, borrow stories. Make them your own. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's well, what JD's going to demonstrate. I, I'm going to – this is how you borrow a story when you can't think of one. So when I – this is when I was working at Microsoft, and the way the buildings we were in were laid out, is they, they, were, they were mainly office buildings, right? And so big building all around the edges where the windows were. You had offices because you want to put the people next to the windows. Yeah. Um, but then in the interior of the building – we would put labs. And what I mean by lab is a, a data center, a non-production data center. So we had these labs for a variety of okay. things, building yeah. software, testing things, yeah. Yeah. All, kinds, all kinds of fun stuff. And we were in, I can't remember, the building was maybe five or six stories tall. And these labs were stacked on top of each other. So every floor had, had a lab. Yeah. Now... When you went into a lab, there, right next to the door, was a huge EPO button. Mm -hmm. The big red button behind the plastic shield, the emergency power off button. I guess the, it's funny thing was, I was never actually trained on this button. Like, why? I knew it was there. I mean, it was obvious. When I hit this, you couldn't uh, miss it. But what's the purpose of hitting it? If that thing starts on fire, we can chill. I I guess the idea. Malware attack. I think, I think the idea was, you know, something bad's happening. Something, you know, yeah. we cut the power and, you know, there we go. That bad thing stops. Okay. I, I, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. And I never pushed the button, so there you go. So we had one of these in every lab. The shiny red button. You see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one time we were moving a lab. So we had to shut down everything in this one lab because it was all going to another building. And it, it was me and another technician that I was working with. And we, we were done. We had everything shut down. And the other tech, I'm not going to name names here. The other tech. I should own this one. Isn't <laughs> so the, uh, the other tech says, hey, JD, you ever wonder what happens when you hit that button? Oh, God. It was like, yeah. Your curiosity. You say, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I did. It was the, um, see the Ren Stimpy episode, the we, shiny red yeah. buttons. I just mean, anyway. We had already shut off, <laughs> we had already shut everything down in the lab, right? Oh, you're like, what? what's the word? I mean, what, that's the thing. What, what's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so he flips the plastic cover. Like off. Whoop. Delivery. Mm-hmm. And then. It's that red button, and it, you know, doesn't really do anything because yeah. the lab's already off. Then the cell phone starts ringing. Because you're on floor whatever, right? Yeah, we're on, like, third floor. Yeah. What we uh, soon discovered yeah. was that button was not connected to the lab we were in. <laughs> that button was actually connected all the way at the ground floor of the building to the main power truck oh, that was oh. supplying the entire stack of labs. Yeah, yeah. So by hitting that button, you just he did not shut the power off to that lab. <laughs> he shut the power off to every lab. So Whatever was plugged into that. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so there you go. So that was an intentional button wow. push. Wow. That's awesome. That's <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a great one. Well, it could be yours. You were there with them. If you weren't, you weren't. That's fine. But uh, oh, that's hilarious. That old weather reminds me. Of, I used to stand in front of the every time we'd have a raid failure. Back when I had to worry about that, me and the other guy would go like, "So we should be able to pull that drive, right?" Because it's the one with the blinky light. Yeah, and like we keep all our data, right? Because we still have it's only one. Yeah, right. raid. It's fine. It's like you do it. It's fine. Oh, you do it. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'd have to talk ourselves down. Well, we're already in this predicament, so we're here. We got to do it right, and then you'd be fine. But I remember both of us like, "Yeah, that's what I read," <laughs> and I've done it before and it works. But I don't know, man, because <laughs> I've also been standing at the same time and watched Amber Light, second Amber Light, and you're like, "Oh, my race gone," and that's why I hate grade five. So I have done that too. I work for newspapers, by the way. They uh, they run stuff until it until you have to hit the shiny red button to make it stop burning or whatever. That's yeah. how they pull right into the ground. That's hilarious. So take, now, now that we're talking about power off, I've got more stories. Um, you can edit these out if you don't care about them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we had, and I'm not going to name names on brand here, but we had some really, really old storage in some of these labs. And whenever the whenever we had a planned power outage, um, we actually, uh, whenever we'd come back on, if it was winter time these old storage arrays wouldn't boot back up properly if they were too cold. So we actually had to let the temperature come up in the building or in, in the lab. We had to turn other stuff on to yeah. start generating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the temperature come up in the lab before we could turn on these really old storage arrays um, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't come up if they were too cold. That was fun. <laughs> really? And then let's see here. We, we had days on those at the newspaper it was the tandem. That thing could run if it was 90 degrees in there, 100 degrees. But occasionally, first of all, this this IT, this room had a, a balcony yeah. and a door to the balcony. Went off the outside. Don't ask why. In the desert, they had a, you know, a tint on the windows to keep the heat out. But anyway, it would get hot. We'd lose our air conditioning. And yeah, you'd have two doors open and a big giant fan get rolled in by the business, by the building guy. And we'd just be pushing air out. And I'm like, that's, that's how we're going to run this data center. And I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, so I've seen worse. Um, oh, I got another one. So, uh, I never did a ton with networking, but obviously, uh, FC uh, switches were part of you know, managing storage. And so we had expanded some storage earlier in the year, added some new, added some new hardware, which yep. required us to use some additional ports on the switch. And the, it was actually the vendor technician was responsible for expanding the, the, the ports. And so they had come in and they licensed and activated these switches, uh, the ports on the switch, forgot to save that running configuration to the boot up configuration. So then uh, one weekend. Forgot to write WR. Yeah. yeah. So then one weekend, <laughs> yeah. um, the power went out. No problem. Everything booted back up. Yeah. Uh, half the storage didn't come back online. Sure. And it became this huge emergency. And I basically came in. I was like, oh, it's because half the ports aren't on. Yeah. <laughs> Brought them back on, and that was it. Yes. You cut that one. That was a very, wasn't a very interesting story. No, I, I think I've, I've been there. Oh, I forgot to write WR. That's when you learn that uh, text files are uh, backup files for switches. That's where I did, at least. Anyway. I, yeah, yeah. I had that exact same thing. Like, oh, we just keep all this in a text file. Yeah. Okay. Which, I don't know. That's probably not secure, but it's just pick figs. But yeah. Definitely not secure when your passwords in or open text in that text file. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Open text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, that was back in the day when I was wearing batch curves for everything. So, so I have uh, one question for you. Going back, and, Shoot. and uh, it's already been proven. I, I, I'm not listening very well. So <laughs> you may, may have already said this. Um, you made more interesting guests. You mentioned no, dude. You, you've been uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, you mentioned meeting. Uh, you were working at Microsoft and meeting the salespeople, mm -hmm. um, and then kind of you know ended up moving into a, a role. Mm -hmm. Was that the first time you realized what sales engineering was? I mean, I certainly or did. You know, I certainly knew what the sales engineer who supported me did. Okay, um, I maybe didn't know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, right? Yeah. But you know, I, I knew the persona that they presented to the customer. I was the customer. Okay, so, so you had worked with. I, I would say, yeah, there were there were definitely things that I knew, and then things that I things that I learned. So. Okay, cool. Well, I just think it's interesting when we all figured out, you know, what the heck this side of the role really meant, you know, and um, I think we talk about that a lot. I, now I'm very happy for the, you know, the what got me here and all the stuff I know. I bring a lot of experience from being in IT for so many years. You know, there's some of you going, man, I wonder if I'd have found this 15 years earlier. Yeah, right. What do you have to be different? <laughs> <laughs> but um so, yeah, it's just interesting to me. And that's why, you know, for me, it's really kind of a, a thing I want to get the message out there that this is this role and, and, you know, here's why it might be might be fun for you. So. And don't don't be afraid to do the stuff that scares you and put yourself in those opportunities. I think that's a great, great roundabout. That's kind of a common theme that we've seen throughout. Another lesson, since we're talking about lessons, is when you get into that role, and this actually probably applies to things other than sales engineering, but... When you get into that role, this is something I had to learn very early on. I can, I'll tell you a story of not long after I became an SE, I had a meeting with a customer and I show up and there's a lot of people in the room. We're in a conference room. A lot of people are there. Um, everyone starts to kind of sit down around the table and the chairs start to fill up. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm new. Yeah. So I'm going to go sit over here in this chair by the window instead of sitting at the table. And the meeting went on and, and it was done. And then we got out and the sales rep didn't say anything during the meeting, but afterwards approached me and said, look, however you feel, your job is to be a technical leader. You always have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. And that, that was a really important lesson that I learned early on. When you walk into that room as the sales engineer, you are the technical yep. leader. You, you may have other resources that you've brought in. You may have the. You, you may have called the CTO in. Yeah. Uh, you know other other resources to help you out. You are the technical owner, representing your product, yep. company, whatever. At you, you always have a seat at that table. Make sure that you aren't sitting over by the window. No, that's a good point. You may, as we've gotten these roles, maybe even your roles. Well, Chris, we're, we're more. That team still owns that relationship. So absolutely that SE and that and that's even that salesperson have that seat. We're there to to kind of even facilitate things for them. So that's a that's a good one as well. If we could just cut these up. We just have like nuggets of of a uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fifteen uh recommendations by JD or whatever. Write a book. Write a book. All right. Well, that's been great, I think. I don't know. We can probably end it there. We can uh, save it for the next time. I mean, of course, I'll give you the numbers and, uh, you know, you let me know, your agent, know if you uh, want to come back. But uh, we appreciate time. 
as always, great to hang out with you. I think uh, we've done a lot of that this week, but thanks for doing this. And the Scotch there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Dry yeah, office. So thank you, JD, for yeah, joining us. Sure. I mean, it was fantastic. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I, I look, I, I love what I love what you guys are doing here, right? It's it's there, there is a lot, a lot of mystery around becoming an SC just because it's such a small community. There aren't a yeah. ton of us, right? And so there, there's a lot of mystery. And I love that you guys are dedicating time to kind of, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit and, and kind of showing people what it's all about, maybe getting some more people interested. You know, it, That's key. think think back to, you know, what I said about, you know, diversifying that pipeline of new essay candidates. You know, one of the best ways we can do that is communicate and be transparent about what it Absolutely. what it is. That's... You know, tell people about those opportunities. And so I, I absolutely uh, appreciate what you what you guys are doing for our community. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. And thank no, you for thank inviting you. me to share a couple stories. It, it it doesn't work if we don't get guests like you on the show. So yeah. we, we we appreciate it as well. Yeah. Thank and, you. But yeah. yeah. Thank you, Zane. And then thank you for everyone that uh, stuck with us this time. Hopefully that was enjoyable. I found it enjoyable, whether I was listening or not. Yeah. So no, <laughs> it's really just an excuse for us to hang out and uh, hopefully I'll see somebody else listen. When I when I asked if there'd be a test earlier, it was really a test for Chris. Yes. <laughs> he goes, Yes, there will be. And I will yeah. fail. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you all again for sticking with us and uh, we'll catch you next time on the SE Journey. Bye. Thank you everyone. And that's that. Sounds good. I think we went on too. I didn't tell my